Today's podcast is another addition to our series on generosity. In this recording, I'll share my thoughts on the when of giving and share some additional resources to support your journey. Once you have determined that you want to be giving more, maybe even sacrificially giving, the next natural question is where the money should be given. Though you may have some ideas, it takes some time to develop a holistic strategy. My wife Kathy and I found ourselves in that position many years ago. We had funds we knew we wanted to give, but we weren't sure yet where or how. We wanted time to prayerfully and mindfully decide where God wanted us to steward those dollars. Kathy and I decided to start a foundation after a tremendously successful year in business. I was analyzing our profits that November and the formula I had set up, which you can listen about in the second installment in the generosity I realized there was a large sum of money that we were committed to giving away, but no solid plan about where to give. We didn't feel God was leading us to simply give the additional amount to the ministries we were already supporting. Kathy and I believe that you pay Caesar what he's due in taxes, but not a dime more. We wanted to be intentional, but we wanted more time. A friend suggested we start a foundation. That way we could give the full amount to the foundation and receive the full tax deduction for it without having to decide then where the money would ultimately be given. You can read more reasons why starting a foundation was the right route for our family by clicking this handout titled Reasons Paul and Kathy Started a Foundation. For us, it has been a marvelous place to park God's money. A foundation will not be the ideal solution for all individuals and families. The realistic minimum to start a foundation, in my opinion, is... $5 million. Otherwise, the expense of starting and managing it isn't justified. An alternative money parking place is a donor-advised fund. A donor-advised fund is a public charity. However, you do not own the account. You make a gift to the fund and instantly receive a tax deduction. The money then stays in the account until you, as the donor, direct it somewhere. You are in reasonable control. The fund just administrates the process for a small fee which is a lot lower than the expenses you would pay with a private foundation. The money you put in a donor-advised fund is invested and growing while it waits for your direction. You may be wondering what the difference is between a 501c3 and a private foundation. A 501c3 is a public charity. They are a non-profit business and there is no requirement for how much they need to give away. They have an independent board, function as a charity, and follow certain rules. A private foundation follows a different tax code. It is classified as a corporation that gives a minimum of 5% yearly to 501c3 charities. Foundations can invest assets which generally grow tax-free. Because of this, the money continues to grow while you do your due diligence in determining where to gift it. Following the requirements for private foundations is crucial because the penalties are significant. If you've parked your money in a foundation or donor-advised fund, you have to determine when to give it. Our rule of thumb is to do so as soon as possible. While many foundations hang on to wealth and only distribute the required 5%, we have always been on track to give it away as quickly as possible. There are several reasons we've chosen this route. First of all, our responsibility is now. If Christ comes back today, we don't want to have a lot of funds tied up in our foundation. We want to make sure that the money is given to further God's kingdom as quickly as possible so that it can make a difference in the here and now. We also believe that the principle of compound returns applies to giving. Most of us understand this concept. 
You invest a dollar and you earn a return, which compounds over time and grows to something significant. Many people might use this as a reason to keep the funds in the foundation. They can grow and a larger sum can be given away later. We believe the kingdom operates in compound returns also. If a life is changed today because of a gift we make, the impact that individual will have for the balance of their life will be exponential, far more than the invested return would have provided. Making giving happen in the here and now also allows for greater family involvement. We have prioritized significantly involving our children in our foundation's giving since the beginning. When they were younger, they didn't know the amount that was being given, but they knew where the funds were going and to what purpose. We believe in leaving a legacy of giving rather than leaving large sums in inheritance or a large sum in the foundation. We don't envision servants' hearts sticking around for 30 years after we pass to distribute the funds. We have what we need. We give away the rest. And we hope that our children will develop their own giving accounts and donor-advised funds. I'd like to provide a reminder here about taxes. It is so important to give money in the year that it was earned to preserve the dollar's value instead of diminishing it after taxes. I have included a further list of reasons to consider giving more earlier rather than later in life. You will be able to listen to a reading of the handout at the end of the podcast, or you can look at it on the blog. After determining when is the right time to give, you have to determine where the right final landing place for these dollars should be. My first piece of advice is to give where your heart leads. How do you determine which ministries to support? We prayerfully weigh many factors over the years when we've chosen organizations to partner with. We have found the following thinking points beneficial. 1. Look for ministries or charities where the cause touches you personally in some way. When the cause has been near and dear to our hearts, we have found we experience more joy in our giving. 2. Consider whether you feel a stronger sense to support ministries in your community, state, throughout the U.S., or in the developing world. As I've mentioned before, giving is a journey. You can expand and diversify your giving over time, but choosing somewhere to start is the first step. 3. Start with who you know. Often people give to a cause because of an existing relationship they have with someone connected to the ministry or charity. This is a great place to start. As your giving continues, be sure to look closely at the results the ministry is achieving. For some personal homework, do additional research on private foundations and donor-advised funds and determine if one of these routes might be right for your family. This topic will be covered more in depth in our next Generosity blog posting. Also ask yourself, have you vetted the ministries you're currently supporting? Consider taking some time to evaluate whether the organizations you have chosen are using most of your dollars to care for direct needs. It's important to consult with God through prayer and with your spouse to determine what changes you'd like to make to your current giving plan. Over the years, Kathy and I have received many requests from friends and mentees to share information about the ministries Servants Heart Foundation supports. It's been important to us to choose organizations that we see being efficient and effective stewards of the resources they have been entrusted with. It has been our honor to work closely with each ministry's leadership and witness firsthand the great kingdom impact they're having. We are glad to share these organizations with you on our Servants Heart blog found at www.servantsheartblog.org. One of our values is good information is shared with a friend. Please take the time to think of your friends who might benefit from this post. You can introduce the blog by sharing the post or the audio link at the top of this page. 
As you begin to follow my blog and pursue opportunity for growth, it is helpful to do an assessment on various topics of life. If you haven't already, I encourage you to go to my blog online and take the Current Life Conditions Assessment. I believe it would be helpful to take this assessment annually and revisit how you are growing in faith and life. Now for the handout titled, Reasons to Consider Giving More Earlier Rather Than Later in Life. Why Give Sooner? A principle our family has clung to over the years is that it is better to do the bulk of our giving earlier in life, and the sooner the better. This handout details reasons why we affirm and recommend this practice. 1. Compound Returns There are significant benefits to compound interest and compound returns, and therefore the sooner you make an investment, the greater the return. God's kingdom works the same way. When a gift is given and invested in kingdom work, it almost immediately starts producing a kingdom return. The rippling impact of that gift likely continues for years, and its kingdom impact grows exponentially. Funds which are designated for God's work do not begin to produce any kingdom return until the gift is actually given. Therefore, giving gifts earlier on in your life will likely have a far greater long-term kingdom impact than giving gifts later on in life. 2. Pay Caesar is due, but no more. Fortunately, charitable gifts are still an IRS deduction that allows us to give with pre-tax dollars versus after-tax dollars. Therefore, if you're in the highest federal and state tax brackets, the charitable deduction allows you to give a dollar instead of the 50 cents you would give after taxes. If you have a substantial net worth, you can find yourself giving away 50% of your income someday. It will be more challenging for you later in life when you desire to give more and are now forced to give dollars you have already paid taxes on. Therefore, increase your giving as much as possible while you're below the 50% tax deduction limitation and give more money away with pre-tax dollars. 3. Giving requires effort and energy. Being a good steward means we pay attention to our gifts and seek out giving opportunities that will have great kingdom impact. It is incredibly rewarding to follow up with each gift to see and experience the joy of how God used each gift to change lives. This takes energy and effort, and if you save a substantial amount of your resources to give away late in life, you might find you lack the energy to be the steward you desire to be. Therefore, give your money away while you have the energy to do so in a manner consistent with your goals of good stewardship. 4. Faith We often hold on to resources and even hoard them because of a lack of faith that God is in control and He will provide. When we do this, We often miss how we got to the position of success in the first place. Why would God suddenly stop his blessings if we increased our generosity and giving to his kingdom work? 5. Blessed to be a blessing When you sit down and seriously wrestle with the question of why God has given us more than we need, it's difficult to conclude that it's for us to save, spend, or pass on to the next generation. It's pretty clear that when God overly blesses an individual, he's doing so to enable them to bless others. 6. Christ's Return In our family, we believe that it is not a good idea to have a lot of money in the bank and significant possessions the day Christ returns. Considering we really have no idea when Christ will return, and it could literally happen before we know it, It would appear that a prudent strategy would be to invest our excess assets in the kingdom now before he returns. 